Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Yeah, don't it sound so epic? Horns are screaming, I ain't the one you want to mess with. Use a joke, I ain't the one you want to jest with. The battle's coming, you only got a few seconds to run. Hello and welcome yeah. to Matt Minnick's Bengals Shock Talk here on Orange and Black Insider. Uh, I am your host as always, Matt Minnick. Uh, wish I could say I was happy to be here today, uh, but after that Monday night, it is uh, it is tar- you know really tough to look at any of this stuff. Uh, so, unfortunately, you know that's that's what we got to do. That, that that's what we do is is we go down, we break down film, we try and figure out how to get better. Uh, and this may be a particularly depressing episode uh, because here we're going to look at talk about uh, the eight sacks that the Bengals gave up on Monday night. Uh, in their week four loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, so if you were listening uh, on the uh, on the podcast, if you download the podcast, uh, you know I will get into to the description uh, and tell you exactly what's going on. Uh, if you do have a chance to check it out on YouTube, there is video uh, with the YouTube as well. Uh, so that gives you a little bit of something extra. You can kind of put some uh, put all the pieces together really on what's going on and, and see what is in front of you and really kind of take a look at some things for yourself uh, before I even get uh, into my breakdown. All right, so this is a play. Uh, I want to start with this. This is not the first sack, and I'm going to go mostly chronological, but I'm skipping forward uh, to the third quarter for this one. We're going to look at this first. This is a play that I tweeted out a, a video clip of this, and it got a lot of reaction. Uh, and basically I was saying, hey, you know, if, if Uzama is man-to-man with T.J. Watt in pass protection, that's the coach's problem. Uh, that's not Uzama's problem. Uh, and I got a lot of people, I got some people blaming Dalton. Uh, you know, Dalton's checking the play, but guess what? He's got Zach Taylor in his ear. Um, and he's not really ultimately in charge of what the protections look like. Uh, and really the biggest thing, though, was a lot of Bobby Hart hate. Uh, Bobby Hart did not have a good game. Uh, Bobby Hart... Gave up a sack, uh, you know, gave up some some sacks and uh, could have given up more uh, if other players hadn't. Uh, however, this one is not on Bobby Hart. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit uh, about why. Now, starting with the left side of the line, okay? Andre Smith is the left tackle. He steps to the inside. He's looking at, at the edge player, and the edge player actually goes to the inside. So that reveals that that he is in man protection. All right, so it's pretty obvious there. He's not kick-stepping or anything. He steps right to the inside with that guy. Uh, and, you know, that guy's not coming too hard. Uh, he is, you know, for the most part, able to able to pick it up. All right, uh, the left guard, Michael Jordan, he has got a two-eye, all right, a player lined up on his uh, inside shoulder in a two-eye technique. So he steps to that player. Uh, Hopkins, the center, steps to that player as well, but really just throws a hand out, and he is looking up, you know, to the linebacker depth, and and you know, really to pick up something coming across. So he is not, uh, that is not his designated man. He's kind of looking to help out, uh, and then we actually do get a stunt. So the three technique, who's lined up outside of the right guard, Miller. He stunts hard to the inside. Miller, you know, lowers his shoulder, kind of bowls down with him, tries to kind of push him along through, uh, and Hopkins ends up getting involved in that block as well. Now, here is what everybody w- was commenting on uh, on my Twitter mentions this week. Bobby Hart steps down, and, yep, he blocks nobody. All right? So he blocks nobody, and then he turns to look at his outside gap. So, you know, we see a little bit of this, and this is essentially similar to what Hopkins is doing over there. You know, he's uncovered. He doesn't have a man. He steps to the left, and then he looks back, uh, ends up helping out with that three technique. And Hart steps, doesn't have anything, and wheels back around. 
Now, could he have helped out CJ Uzama? No. Watt is rushing the outside. So, I mean, is it possible to work a double team uh, on a, you know, on a pass rusher? I mean, yeah, we're, we're seeing him on this play. Uh, but if Hart was working a double team with Uzama, he would be playing Watt to the inside. Watt stays to the outside. There is nothing that Hart could do. Even if that was his intent right away was to help on a double team, there's nothing he could do here. So we'll see in other plays where Uzama releases uh, or the tight end releases and, you know, the tackle is going to pick up the defensive end. That's a completely different story. You know, yeah, you can tell Hart that he's blocking that guy and release Uzama, but he can't be on the outside of the double team. The only thing that you could really do to help Uzama out here would be using Mixon kind of chip off on him, but, uh, you know, there's a play action going in the other direction, so that's not going to work on this one. So, on Uzama, right, he's not an offensive lineman. So, he kind of turns and opens himself up and really makes a short corner. You know, he's not if, – if he kick-stepped, if he knew how to kick-step, I don't even know if he knows how to kick-step, but if he kick-stepped and made it a longer edge, he'd be putting himself in a better position. Um, yeah, but he's got a really wide base and he's just kind of turning and opening it up and Watts coming around for the sack. All right. So that's a, that's a Watt sack and a loss of five. So this was in the third quarter. Uh, you know, they had actually, they had actually, uh, you know, gotten a couple of first downs, uh, and we're starting to, to put something together. Um, and now then they come out and first down and they give up a sack, go to second 15. What happens on second 15? It's a penalty, all right, moves it to second and 20. And then there's another sack, which we'll talk about later, on third down. Uh, so this is how they derail themselves. These, this is how they cause themselves problems. All right. So now back in the first quarter. All right, back in the first quarter. The Bengals came out in their first drive. They got a couple of first downs, all right, which is better than they were doing early in the Bills game a week ago. So that's good. Uh, but then what happens? You know, they, they get down, they get in the Steelers' territory, territory. They've got second and five, and they give up a sack. And it completely derails the drive because this is not a team that can convert third and 14. All right? This is a team, uh, you know, that's going to throw screens on those downs and pick up a couple yards and punt because they do not trust their pass protection to uh, protect the quarterback when they absolutely have to. Um, and, you know, without John Ross, they're really not going to be picking up these, these long yards things. about the best thing they had going for them. So um, this is actually the same uh, protection that we had looked at on the previous play. So starting again on the left side, Andre Smith, okay, he's man. He is actually going to look at the down lineman. Uh, you know, the widest down lineman is lined up inside of him. Pre-snap, he's talking to Jordan. They're kind of communicating about it. That guy steps to the outside, and um, and Smith picks him up. All right, Jordan steps to the outside to that B gap, looking to pick that guy up if he's if he's screaming through. Doesn't happen. What does he do? He turns back, gets a little bit of a push on uh, the nose tackle Hopkins guy, right, to help him out. Yeah, but not too much there. Really, kind of ends up working back out, trying to help uh, see if if. Uh, Smith's guy's going to work back in. All right, so Hopkins has a one technique, a tilted one technique uh, on the opposite side, on the right-hand side. All right, so tilts, a lot of times they're, they're coming across. All right, so, uh, you know, he should really be aware of that, and that's what he gets. Uh, so Hopkins is aware of this guy coming across his face, steps to him, stays with him when he comes across, and does a pretty good job there, like I said, a little bit of help from Jordan. At the right guard position, John Miller, all right. John Miller steps to uh, to the outside. Really, he's got basically kind of a double team situation going on here with uh, Bobby Hart, where that that guy is a four, all right. It's a four technique, really lined up heavy, directly head up on Hart, all right. So Miller does a good job with this. I mean, that guy comes across, comes inside, uh, and you know he's he's playing playing tight with it. He's playing strong with it. Now, Hart is not. Hart gets way too involved, throws his shoulder into it, right? And what happens? We get a linebacker coming through that C-cap. 
Actually, I believe I, I tweeted that out as well. I said, well, what are they going to do when a linebacker uh, goes through the C-gap? Uh, and that's just what happened here. So they get Devin Bush uh, screaming through. Hart is completely unaware, but he's the guy who's got to tilt back for this. So this is a play Hart can make. This is what Hart needs to do. Now, not only is it he can help, he can do this. This is his job. He needs to pick up this blitz, and he doesn't. So this sack, 1,000%, this sack is on Bobby Hart. Uzama, again, in a man-to-man situation with Watt. Watt is taking that edge on him easy. And if Hart blocks Bush, Watt's making that sack. You know, so really the the sack was credited, uh, you know, against Bobby Hart. But Uzoma just as bad here. And I, that's a that's a critical error if I'm grading this film uh, because he's essentially allowing a sack. He's just he got lucky that somebody else's man got there first. All right, so here the Bengals had a couple three nouns, and then they actually put together another drive. They were moving pretty well down the field. Once again, they get into Pittsburgh territory. Now they're in the red zone. All right, they've already blown it in the red zone uh, once earlier in this game. And now here facing first and 10 on the Pittsburgh 18, we have another sack. And worse than that, we have a strip sack. Uh, so when you get into the red zone, you've got to protect the football. You've got to come away with at least three points here. All right. Uh, they're not good at turning these red zone trips into seven points, but you have to come away with at least three points. Uh, and that's, you know, that's not what's, what's happening here. That's not what they get. So uh, starting with the right-hand side, and we'll look at Hart first here. Really, they've got the uh, like a half zone, half man kind of scheme going on here. So Hart's stepping to the outside. He is looking for Watt. Watt's lined up wide. CJ Uzama's out there a little bit wider. Watt's out over him. Uzama is releasing into a route, though. All right. So he's looking for Watt. Watt stunts to the inside, though. All right. So now they've got a defensive lineman who is lined up just inside of the tackle in a four-eye, and he works to the edge. So Hart, Hart does an all right job on him. You know, he picks it up. Now Watt's coming to the inside. So John Miller sets to this four-eye, and then he just gets way too involved in it. He's got to see that this thing is going wide and pass it off to Hart. He doesn't, and that allows Watt to, to come around him. Hopkins does a great job on this play, actually, uh, that, you know, he is first looking to help out on the backside on the uh, the two-eye with Michael Jordan, probably, you know, aware of the rookie there. But he sees Watt coming around. So he's got his hand there. He's staying to that backside. There is a big gaping hole there for Watt to come screaming through. And Hopkins really just sacrifices his body. He kind of lunges out. And just gets in Watt's way and slows him down. Now, would it have been enough if he had to hold him any longer? I don't know, but you know he did a great job of, of trying to get there and saving and preventing, you know, the the immediate knockout blow that was uh, that was coming to Andy Dalton. Michael Jordan, uh, as I said, he's got the two eye on him from the left guard position. You know, and in that spot, he's he's stepping to him. Uh, he is getting pushed back pretty severely. You know, so his anchor is a repetitive problem that we're going to talk about more and more as this thing goes on. But he is getting pushed back from that defensive tackle. And then finally, the left tackle is Andre Smith. Andre Smith has a real wide rusher, Bud Dupree. And he steps out to him. Doesn't kick step. Doesn't gain depth. He steps out to him, and that allows Dupree to come screaming around this edge. So just terrible technique, what he's trying to do. And, you know, at the end, he kind of puts his face into it a little bit. He's not using his arms, not trying to use length at all. And, again, not, not kick-stepping and creating a wider angle for Dupree to have to come around. And that's a, that's a strip sack. That's the drive. And, I mean, that was, um, you know, that was the story of the game, you know, giving up things like that, uh, killing drives with sacks and screwing up in the red zone uh, is this team's problem. You know, if they eliminated those two things, they were in this game. I mean, really, the, the defense uh, the defense did all right in the first half. Uh, 
Obviously, the third quarter was a completely different story for the defense, uh, but the defense did it right in the first half. And this team is is alive, uh, has a chance in this game if they do better in the red zone and if they don't allow uh, a sack or a penalty uh, or both to uh, to completely derail drives. All right, so the Bengals got the ball back uh, with less than a minute to go and no timeouts. So their odds of scoring getting the field goal range even uh, not very good to begin with. Uh, but any slight chance they had of doing that went away with this sack. So uh, first down, they uh, they were able to uh, pass the ball to Alden Tate for 14 yards, all right, moving it along a little bit. Uh, and then with 38 seconds left, uh, here we go. It's another sack. Uh, so once again, you know, looking at the line and starting – you know, with uh, the right tackle, Bobby Hart, who's in man, he's got Watt. Watt basically clubs his arm straight down, right? Yeah, decent pass set. Use a little bit more depth. Decent pass set by Hart. Watt clubs his arm right down, rips around the edge, and gets in there for the sack. So this one on Hart. All right, Hart loses to Watt on this one. But... Unfortunately, uh, that is only a half sack because guess what? Bobby Hart isn't the only one screwing this up. Uh, so working back towards the left. All right. John Miller has got a uh, a three technique outside of him. That guy stunts the inside. Miller picks it up. A little bit on skates, but he's kind of, you know, he's, he's fighting it. He's hanging in there. Over on the left-hand side, the left tackle spot, that guy's not coming too hard. All right, Smith, again, not a great pass set, but that guy's kind of dancing around with him, so uh, he didn't get there anyway. And now we go inside. So, Trey Hopkins, he's working back, all right, and the center does this sometimes. You know, when he's looking to help out and he's not sure where he's going to be, I don't love the technique, but I do see it a fair amount. So I think they're, I think they're being taught it. Um, basically, he's kind of backpilling. He splits his hands. Uh, like he puts one hand out to the right and he's trying to help out Miller. And he puts one hand out to the left and he's got, um, he's got Cameron Hayward in that gap. Michael Jordan really just kind of gives a push in that direction. And then he's looking, you know, from the left guard spot to help out on the edge if Andre Smith is having any problems. Uh, so really, I mean, at this point, Hopkins needs to needs to be focused on Hayward. You know, Hayward was an inside technique to begin with. Uh, you know, he was a, a two-eye inside of the guard, so he's the only player pre-snap uh, that is in an A-gap. He needs uh, needs to be all over this. Really, Jordan should be too. Um, you know, hard to tell all the time what they're being taught. Uh, so, you know, this sack is definitely – on Hopkins, um, probably also on uh, Jordan too. Uh, if not, you know, it's at least set up that he should have been able to, to help out or something. So, um, you know, it, it's a half sack, but really, I mean, it ends up being kind of a third sack because both those guys uh, and Hart are uh, culpable in this one. All right. So here we're in the third quarter. Uh, the Steelers put together a nice drive, scored uh, on their first possession, uh, extended their lead to 17-3. to So the game is starting to slip away. The Bengals really need to react and put something together. Um, they come out in complete pass on first down, and now second and 10, and we get a sack. So, again, uh, you know, this is a three and out, but also kind of derailing the drive because it set up a third and 21 situation for them starting on the right hand side bobby hart all right actually has a pretty decent little pass set and i mean watts kind of jumping around hopping around a little bit but this is probably one of his better reps uh, particularly against uh tj watt john miller the uh the right guard he has got uh a three technique pretty wide three technique but still a three technique outside of him he sets to him all right and he does a pretty good job on it. Ends up getting a little bit of help late from Trey Hopkins. Uh, over at the left tackle position, Andre Smith. He's got a wide rusher. 
he sets to him, sets pretty well. The guy ends up throwing a little spinning move on him, uh, and it's pretty easy for him to pick up. Now, Michael Jordan, the left guard. All right. Uh, and, you know, to put it simply here, he just gets out muscled, out powered. You know, he is, uh, he's got no anchor. He's got to sink his hips, you know, lower his hips uh, in order to anchor himself, really hold himself down and prevent himself from getting pushed back. Uh, he steps to the inside initially. Uh, he's got Cameron Hayward who's lined up in a, in a real tight two-eye just inside of him. All right. Steps to him. Hayward starts to work to the outside. He actually adjusts pretty well, but he just gets too high. And then when Hayward brings it back and decides to push on him, get some extension, essentially he pushes him right into Dalton, uh, and, he, and he gets the sack on that. All right. So uh, the next sack was the one we already talked about. Uh, so we're not going to cover that again. That was the Uzama sack. Uh, that happened, and a couple of short plays later, uh, you know, that was a, that was a play uh, that happened uh, on first down. Uh, second down, guess what? Delay a game. Uh, I don't know how you're, you have a veteran quarterback taking delay a game, but that's what happened. Uh, so a delay of game, uh, and uh, you know, then a, an incomplete pass. And now we're looking at third and twenty. A couple of short plays later, so. We talked about they can't uh, protect the quarterback when they need to. And here you go. This is a situation uh, they they need to protect the quarterback in this situation. So starting on the right, all right, Bobby Hart, you know, he doesn't have much going on here. Most of the defenders are to the left-hand side, all right? So he is just pass setting. He gets a little bit, kind of a half of an arm of a, of a chip assist from Joe Mixon, um, but he's got Watt there. As soon as Watt engages on him, he is getting bull rushed back into that quarterback. Uh, so this one doesn't end up being Watts. Uh, doesn't end up being on Hart, but man, it really could have uh, if you know if they they had been able to hold off. If they had, didn't have problems elsewhere, they were going to have problems with Hart. Uh, right guard Miller. All right, he doesn't have anything there. He is stepping to the left hand side, looking in. Uh, we've got Devin Bush moving around a little bit, but that's not the guy that ends up coming. All right, there's a four technique lined up, heavy, all right, head up on Andre Smith, and that guy loops around, and Miller does a good job of picking it up. So then we've got Hopkins, all right? Now, this is another situation where it's on Hopkins, but it's also on Jordan. So Hopkins has got, uh, player in his a gap to that weak side all right and that's the two eye who is actually lined up just inside of michael jordan so hopkins steps to the two eye and engages with him all right but now i mean he really doesn't have much behind him he's given up that gap he's got to step a little harder to that gap he's probably expecting some help there from michael jordan uh michael jordan though he's watching that four technique from outside by the tackle loop around uh and ends up kind of getting in and you know pushing on Hargrave's back, but not providing any real support. Hargrave turns his body and is able to get back there. I don't even know if he ever actually disengages from this block. He just kind of gets a hand free and makes the tackle. Uh, so really, again, definitely uh, definitely on Hopkins, but I'd say also on Jordan here too. Jordan's got to do better. So definitely critical errors for both those guys. Sacks a lot for both those guys. Hart really could have allowed a sack here. You know, if those, if, if those guys were doing a better job, um, Hart's guy is also going to get there, uh, or instead he's going to get there. So I uh, can't really forgive that uh, just because he got lucky. Uh, Andre Smith not really doing much from the left tackle position because the man he is eye- eyeballing is just kind of dancing around and not actually coming on this one. All right, so that gets us into the fourth quarter. Uh, so now, I mean, this game is this game is already out of control. All right, and the Bengals uh, put together a a drive that, that took him too long and ended up uh, screwing up in the in the red zone. Uh, killed a bunch of clock on it. Uh, and and now we're looking at three minutes and 53 seconds left in the game. Uh, they are, uh, they've just got a first down a couple of plays ago, uh, but that was going for it on fourth down. So we're looking here at second and 10. Uh, and again, you know, we'll take a look and we'll start on the right-hand side, all right? Bobby Hart, he's pass setting. 
He's getting pushed back. That's not even Watt. I don't even know who that is. All right? It's not Watt. It's some third-string guy that they have in at the end of the game here, you know, throwing the, throwing the dude a bone for working hard in practice all week. So, I mean, not good. I mean, it's not even Watt now. It's not even it's not even Watt. All right? Right guard, Miller. All right, he has got a two-eye lined up inside of him. He steps to that guy. Hopkins steps to it as well. Miller's kind of eyeballing, seeing if he can help out Hart, but he can't help him out. All right? That guy's on the outside. Just like we talked about, Hart couldn't help out Uzuma with a guy on the outside. Miller can't do anything with this, right? So he stays there with Hopkins. At the left guard, actually, we'll go with the left tackle first. At the left tackle position, we got John Jerry in the game at this point, right? Not a good situation. Not even a tackle. Uh, and, you know, this team in August had a limited amount of tackle bodies. Uh, and John Jerry ain't one of them. So Jerry's pass setting. Now, once Jerry came in, they started doing the things that they should have been doing all along to help out their offensive line. Uh, so that just tells you how bad John Jerry is a tackle. Uh, that after what we have seen from Hart uh, and Andrea Smith in this game, uh, with very little assistance, uh, they're like, wow, John Jerry's in. We better help that dude. Uh, so John Jerry gets a not really even a chip from uh, from the running back here. And actually, I think that's Gio. I don't think that's Mixon. Uh, so <laughs> it's a double team. It's a straight-up double team with, with the running back there. Um, and, you know, he, the guy started to come around the edge. The running back uh, is able to kind of stand him up and, and prevent that rush. So pretty good job there. And maybe something they should have been doing earlier in the game. Uh, maybe something they need to be doing to help out, um, you know, with, with Hart. Even, even when they have Cordy Glenn back at left, that they need to help out Hart with uh, with stuff like that. Now, the problem, the big problem, is inside. All right? And Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan, pass sets, opens up the gate. All right? He has got, it's really a four eye, I'd say. All right? Uh, and that's Cameron Hayward. Hayward is out wide by the tackle, taking a wide approach at first. And Jordan totally bites. He opens up the gate on, he turns his hips, uh, and Hargrave does a great job taking his left arm and just extending it, getting uh, getting Jordan really to turn his hips even more uh, with that extension, and then just coming and ripping on through with that right arm. So, boom, get the extension, jolts his head back, and rips on through, and off to the sack. All right, so the last play of the game, at least, you know, really the last play of the game before the Steelers took a couple of knees. Uh, fourth down, uh, the Bengals actually managed to convert on that previous one we were talking about, but it's because they had four downs to do it. Um, fourth down, you know, fitting that this game should really officially end with a sack. Uh, so, once again, starting on the right-hand side, Bobby Hart, right tackle. This is wide out there this time. Uh, looks like they're trying to get him some help with the running back. Uh, but I mean, he actually kicks up pretty deep and gets into it. Uh, but once Watt gets his hand on him, Watt, Watt is bull rushing him into the quarterback. Uh, but again, Watt can't get there in time because somebody else gets there first. Uh, so inside uh, at the right guard position, you know, Miller uh, stepping down. He has got um, – He's got a uh, excuse me, not stepping down. He's got a three technique there. The three technique kind of really like squares him straight up, um, and he's you know getting pushed back a little bit, but fighting it. Uh, Hopkins kind of aware of the left hand side, uh, probably a little spooked. He thinks Bush is coming because Bush uh, walks right in front of him, uh, puts out a hand. Doesn't really do too much until late when he comes in uh, to help out Miller at left tackle. Once again, we got John Jerry out there. They're helping out John Jerry. So what do they do? They take Eifert and they uh, they do a serious chip on that defensive end to really widen him out, help out John Jerry on that. Again, why aren't we doing that to help out Bobby Hart? Uh, you know, when you had Andre Smith in there, who's better than Hart anyway. At least it looks it. Uh, and now uh, Billy Price in at the left guard spot. So left guard. Uh, Billy Price, you know, is a guy that it looked pretty good in that spot. Jordan has not. Uh, people were 
wondering why uh, price wasn't in there. And certainly everything that was seen so far in this game would support that uh, Michael Jordan should not be in there. Uh, but now price comes in. And what happens? Uh, he, he's got a uh, really, that guy's basically in the B gap. I kind of, kind of a wide three technique. Uh, but I guess a three technique. Price sets to him, and then he just kind of like ducks his head and throws his shoulder at him. Uh, you know, not striking, not using his hands at all. Uh, and it's real easy for this guy to get by him. And when I say this guy, I'm saying that because I don't even know who this guy is. Alua Lu, never heard of him. All right. And our first round draft pick is getting embarrassed by this guy uh, at the end of a very long and very embarrassing evening. So, um, Everything that you feared uh, about the Bengals' pass protection is correct. Uh, I mean, it was bad from start to finish. Uh, so hard to say who was worse. I mean, you know, Hart, uh, uh, Hart, you know, I believe it was at one point five sacks there, uh, but really could have could have been higher. Um, you know, uh, Hopkins, uh, you know, in, in a bad spot there as well. Jordan, uh, you know, multiple bad reps uh, from him. Um, so, you know, hard to break down what's what's necessarily on Hopkins, what's necessarily on Jordan. But you could definitely say, you know, um, you know multiple, you know, they were related to multiple sacks there. Uh, Andre Smith gives up one. Billy Price gives up one in a very limited amount of reps. Uh, he also false started, I believe. Um and uh, and CJ Uzama goes up one. So uh, overall, uh, this is the problem. You know, this is the big problem that needs to be solved. They try to do something with it with Jonah Williams. It didn't pan out for this year. Hopefully that helps. But guess what? Jonah Williams isn't enough. They need to address this issue and go and get more guys, get more help uh, on the offensive line because what they are putting out there right now is not cutting it. Uh, they need to do better, and they need to, you know, really for this year to have any, any chance. They need to improve with the guys they have. Uh, so, you know, that's going to be coaching, that's going to be scheming, um, but you know, they need to do a lot better with the group of guys that they've got out there right now. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smart Water Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. All right, so this week the Bengals, uh, the winless Bengals, are going in to play the Winless Arizona Cardinals, uh, both with rookie head coaches trying to uh, trying to get that elusive first win and playing a team uh, that brought in an air raid coach. Who better to uh, have on as my guest this week uh, than a man whose Twitter handle is at four verts, and that is uh, Charles McDonald from the New New York Daily News. Charles, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on. Excited to talk yeah. to a little ball. Yeah, appreciate it. So uh, now I think air raid is one of those one of those terms that kind of gets thrown around a little bit, and you know, uh, it, it's it's a buzzword. You know, it sounds good, so people like to like to say it. Uh, can you kind of talk a little bit briefly about what that means? You know, kind of. Uh, where that where that system came from, and, and you know what to expect from an air raid team. Uh, yeah, sure. So I, I guess you know I, I come into the season when I still work at a SB Nation. My or I guess one of my season preview pieces was you know just detailing I guess the intrigue around Cliff Kingsbury and that offense. And you know, like you said, the big thing has been you know and Big Block's air raid, Cliff Kingsbury air raid, and how he's going to, you know, revolutionize, I don't know if revolutionize the NFL is the right term, more or less just getting the Cardinals offense off the ground, and I I think, you know, he's probably a guy that can do that once he gets more pieces, but uh, so I I talked to Hal Mummy and Sonny Dykes, and Hal Mummy is 
you know, widely known as the guy who, I guess, quote-unquote, invented the air raid. But, you know, some football historians will say, you know, he took some stuff from old BYU teams, but we don't need to get into that on this. But uh, so the the original version of the air raid was – it, it, it's really it's it's really not something that exists in the NFL because the original version of the air raid, as Hal told me, was literally just four, five, like between like four and six passing plays. And if you played Madden, you've seen all of them. And you were, we're talking, uh, you know, four verts, uh, wheel routes, mesh, but you know, all the really basic plays that you see in Madden or see in NCAA 14. Uh, that's what Hal was talking about. And he told me, you know, when they first started, they literally only had like like five or six passing plays. And then in terms of running the ball, they would, he said, he said, all you need is an inside play and an outside play and then a screen off of that. So it was a very, very basic playbook. And the original version of the area was just meant to, you know, Hey, we're going to get these five or six plays or maybe, you know, 10 to 12 plays in our entire playbook. And we're just going to get really damn good at running those, you know, 10 to 12 plays. You know, if you coach high school ball or play high school ball, you know, that's kind of the philosophy that you see there, like with, with younger, with younger kids, but it was kind of revolutionary, I guess, to see it on a a scale. We were talking about like division one school. So Hal took that to Valdosta state and his offensive coordinator there was Mike Leach, who we all know as the loon that coaches uh, the Washington state football team. Uh, and they pretty much revamped Waldoff State within two years. So if you go back and look at the history, they went from 0-12 at Waldoff State, and then, like, within two or three years, they were almost winning the Division One AA National Championship, and their quarterback almost threw for, like, 6,000 yards in uh, – or he almost threw for, like, 12,000 yards over his final two seasons after they had gone winless before Hal and Leach got there. And then, you know, Hal goes on to – Kentucky, where he's throwing passes with, uh, you know, the late Jared Lorenzen and just smashing records at Kentucky. And that was in, like, the, the late 90s, early 2000s, and Jared Lorenzen is still the passing leaders at uh, Kentucky. So, you know, it, it's very much predicated around throwing the ball and, you know, just kind of letting guys make plays down the field. But Cliff doesn't quite run that, and mainly because – you can't just run a handful of plays in the NFL and expect that to work. So I talked to Sonny Dykes, who was the head coach at Cal when Jared Goff was there and, you know, got him to be the number one pick. And he pretty much told me, you know, you're going to see some air raid stuff with Cliff, but in really, really, if you go back and watch his Texas Tech stuff, he's just going to run the best plays that he has for the offense available to him. So if you just look at his Texas Tech, I mean, he had Jason Morrow, who caught 100 passes at tight end. DeAndre Washington, who's in Oakland as a running back, had 2,500 rushing yards uh, in two seasons with Cliff Kingsbury. Then, obviously, you know, Mahomes and just absolutely smashing the doors off of that in terms of, like, efficiency. And they had, like, four receivers with over 600 yards and I think two with 1,000 yards uh, in Mahomes' final season there. So, you know, the, the, the name of the game with Kingsbury is let's just try to get Whatever offensive talent we have in the Cardinals, they don't have much right now. We're just going to try to put them in the best situation to, to succeed and figure it out from there. I mean, you, you do see Cliff kind of get creative with his passing plays and when he dials up run plays and how he's going to dial up his option plays. But my friend Betts at All22 on Twitter, he, he put it to me in a great way where, you know, Cliff is kind of seen as by I guess by general fans as this guy who is like a primitive offensive mind because you because you know your average fan they look at air raid and they see oh you know this will never work in the NFL but you know it, it's more like he was college football's version of Sean Payton and you know he's just a really creative offensive mind and obviously the results haven't been there yet but you know when you watch it on tape you kind of see you see the potential of this as they get better players involved. Yeah, there's been some interesting stuff that they that they've done so far. Um, I mean, like you'd expect, you, you're seeing a good amount of spread formations. You're seeing a good amount of uh, empty backfields, a little bit of quads in there. Um, you know, it, it's, it, it, you know, I'm probably like making myself sound a million years old by saying this, but like to me, it it resembles uh, like a triple option offense in that everything, you know, seems to be geared around being being good at a limited amount of things uh, and then using different alignments and different formations uh, to find advantage on the defense. Uh, you know, obviously it's the exact opposite of triple option that you're passing almost every play instead of running almost every play. Um, but, you know, the, kind, of the, kind of the same sort of idea and, and mindset 
behind that. I think it's interesting to note, um, you know, we, we talked about Valdosta State. Uh, you know, they coached, coached a guy named uh, Chris Hatcher there. Uh, and, yeah. you know, Hatch, Hatcher uh, took over at his alma mater as a, as a head coach uh, not long after playing there uh, and, and was a very successful Division II coach. Um, and then they see the same pattern with, uh, with Leach's man, Kingsbury, um, you know, uh, have, uh, you know, taken over, uh, taken over there, um, you know, not, not terribly successful, uh, in terms of wins and losses, but, um, you know, taken over and, and put together, uh, you know, a really good offense there. Um, I think it's, I think it's interesting too, that, uh, you know the idea of mixing these things. You know, it's almost like you've got half an offense because you're you you look at the pass game there, and then you try and do maybe some different stuff with the run and, and mix it up. And I know in myself coming up as a as a GA, like I I saw myself as an inside zone outside zone guy, um, but really the pass game stuff that that you know uh, we were running uh, was largely that same stuff. It's the you know it's the mesh, it's the cross, it's the uh, uh, you know, the four verts, um, mirrored routes, you know, things uh, mm-hmm. coming off of those same types of standards. So, um, so I think, you know, I, I think it's something that there are people out there that maybe weren't, um, you know, I, I, I wonder if Sonny Dykes was kind of like a wink and a nod, like, yeah, it's not real. That's not real. Uh, um, <laughs> right there. <laughs> uh, you know, you know, cause I think there's probably people out, uh, in, in college ball that they kind of like, like, you know, frown on a little bit, like, man, that's not the real thing. You don't have the guts to go for it all the way. Um, so, uh, I, and I think, you know, having that experience for myself uh, and, and coaching in that, there was a team that we looked at in the NFL that we, we were like, well, it's this one team that's doing this in the NFL. It's the New England Patriots. Um, mm-hmm. and it's interesting because now they're, now they're a little bit more running the ball than other teams. Uh, but in the, in the early 2000s, um, they briefly had Cliff Kingsbury on the team. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, obviously they brought in Wes Welker from Texas tech uh, and, and turned him into a star after he was like the backup kicker, basically in Miami. Um, and uh, you know, like they were, they really uh, took a lot of those concepts uh, and, and put it in the NFL. Uh, so definitely, you know, we've seen a little bit of it before, but uh, you know, going to the source and bringing in Kingsbury, uh, taking it to to a different level. So, what what are you seeing right now on on film and watching the uh, Cardinals that you know, like kind of stands out to you as, as some of his own like unique wrinkles that he's putting on it with this uh, iteration in the NFL? You know, I think what's cool is if you go back to the Week One tie against the Detroit Lions, where you know you watch the first, I guess two and a half quarters of that game, you're like, wow, like this, <laughs> this sucks. Like this is not fun to watch and the players are very good. And it, it, like, if you just took like that first very, very small isolated sample size of like the first uh, three quarters of that game, cause they didn't really kick it into overdrive until the fourth quarter. It, 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 you wouldn't be impressed at all, but then you see that fourth quarter come and you see now, like when you see teams in a spot where, we got to score points now. Like, we got to score points in the hurry, and you see them really open up the playbook. Like, that's where you kind of start to see, oh, okay, like, this can really work. And I think it was the touchdown to send it to overtime uh, where – I don't remember who it was up the field. I think it was a running back up the field. And, uh, you know, Smart Football, at Smart Football on Twitter, Chris Brown, he, he noted that it was like this famous air raid play where, you know, you're sending the running back up the seam and get him matched up on the linebacker and Kyler Murray just do like a perfect pass. And, you know, they scored a touchdown to tie the game and send it to overtime. And, you know, we all know the game ended at tie, but, you know, you see stuff like that. You see, you, you see like these wrinkles that they're putting in on triple option and speed option to make it a little bit easier on Kyler Murray. Uh, like it, it's just like, it's, it's frustrating because as a fan, if you're a Cardinals fan, you look at this and you say the potential for like a super duper explosive offense is here, but we just don't have the pieces yet. I mean, Colin Murray is, I think, an absurdly talented quarterback, and I think he's going to be great. But you know, he's still a rookie, so you got to give him time to get up to speed. There, they have a ton of rookie wide receivers. Uh, I mean, Andy Isabella hasn't even really seen the field yet. They like outside of Larry Fitzgerald, almost all of their receivers are first and second year players. So. You know, it's just a lot of experience that you factor in the offensive line. And, you know, that's why they really haven't been able to get off the ground. And 
one one thing that I think is interesting about the Cardinals is you kind of look at that back half of the first game against the Lions plus that game against the Ravens, and they're like a super-duper aggressive downfield passing team, and they're letting Kyler make plays. They're opening things up with four verts plays, five verts plays, uh, wheel routes, wide cross. I mean, everything that you pretty much see in college, I mean, they're executing that at, like, you know, not, you know, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs level, but still higher, a much higher level than they were a year ago. And then you see that game against uh, Carolina in week three, where Kyle Allen's on one side of the field throwing for four touchdowns at, like, over 10 yards per pass. And then you have yeah, Colin Murray, who I think finished with like 173 yards on 43 pass attempts, but he completed almost every pass that he threw. So, you know, it's just a lot of dink and dunk down the field. So, you know, I, I think as they go through this first part of Kingsbury era where they don't really have the talent maybe to run the offense at its peak level, it, it, it can be a little bit frustrating. But, man, like once you – like when you see the tape and you see how guys can get open down the field or you see like the, the madness behind Kingsbury's offense, you know, it, it's fun to think about like the, I, I guess the potential of this unit. And I, you know, I, I kind of feel the same way about the Bengals where, you know, they're like the true team that is a, like a carbon copy of Sean McVay's offense. Like we, we talked about all these people like LaFleur and Kingsbury who, who know Matt, who know uh, Sean McVay and, will run like a similar offense, but that's not really been the case. The Bengals are really the only team that are running like the same stuff that the the Rams did last year. But of course, you know, <laughs> the Bengals don't have uh don't have quite the same talent, especially on the on the offensive line that the Rams did last mm-hmm. year. So the results have been mixed. But you know, I, I feel pretty much like very similar about both teams where you like the scheme and you like what they're doing and you just kinda need to get more talent pumped in there. Yeah, and you know I think uh you're absolutely right, and obviously uh, Kingsbury had Mahomes at one point, and I mean, with Kyler Murray in there, uh, that definitely gives an, an exciting component to things. Um, I think you know, watching them, it, it reminds you a lot of, it, it, you know, kind of a kind of a generic, a little bit of a generic uh, college team, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. uh, that's coming in and really running the spread because of, of adding the, uh, you know, the way they're doing their run game is the spread run game with the zone read. You see them running the zone triple in a lot of different ways, um, you know, from, from just bubbles and nows to, uh, to motion guys into for swings, things along those lines. Um, I also thought it was pretty interesting too. They, they ran a, uh, a, what I would call a Sally reverse. It's like an old triple option play, uh, out of, uh, uh, out of the, um, bunch formation uh so i mean they're definitely kind of throwing in some interesting wrinkles and you and you see uh the the creativity and some of the things that kingsbury's trying to do there so um now in terms of you know murray you know you talked a a little bit about him um was a big you know bugaboo this off season uh between murray and josh rosen like you already have josh rosen there you know, should you mm-hmm. should you, you take a Josh Allen? Should you take an offensive lineman? Um, you know, you get, you've got so many holes in that team. As, as we discussed, you've already got a quarterback, um, and and they went ahead and pulled the the trigger on uh, Murray. So, you know, what is it uh, you know that makes Murray like the the special guy that they want to get in there? Uh, you know that that he was. You know that they were really willing to move on from uh, a guy that drafts in the first round uh, only a year ago. Yeah, I think we look at Murray and compare him to Rosen. Personally, I I liked Murray more as a prospect coming out of school than Josh Rosen. Uh, and you know, obviously, like I think Murray is dealing with better coaching than Rosen got last year. Even though you know you do kind of look at Byron Leftwich's offense in Tampa Bay, and they're kind of taking off a little bit. So. Uh, you know, maybe it's a wash there, but when you look at Murray, obviously, like, the size is the first thing. And it, <laughs> and I, I didn't really care about the size, but I do think it's kind of funny, like, especially when he's coming and running out the tunnel, like, you see all these big, giant men, and then you see, oh, there's Murray, he's, like, 5'8". Uh, <laughs> but uh, he's very dynamic. I mean, we didn't get a 40-yard dash time on him, but if you go back and watch some of his stuff at Oklahoma, this is probably a guy that runs in the 4-4s. Four I mean, he may not be like Lamar Jackson fast, but he can certainly like break a, a 50, 60-yard run on you if, if you're not paying attention and you don't have him keyed in uh, with your back seven guys. So, you know, you look at that, you look at his accuracy, you look at his arm strength. I mean, 
pretty much everything except for size. He's like the prototypical number one overall pick in the draft. So I I, I think that when you watch him, like you see the the throws. I think one defining throw for him is that week one game against Detroit where he hit Larry Fitzgerald on the sideline like late in the game. And, I mean, there was no room between him, the defender, and the sideline, and he just dropped it right in the bucket. And you see like that top-tier arm talent, that top-tier arm strength to make plays uh, pretty much anywhere on the field that you need to compare with that speed. I mean, he's really just got everything to me that you would want in a quarterback. And uh, and like I said earlier, like the 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 offensive line isn't there, and he's still definitely growing with a very young receiving core outside of Larry Fitzgerald. So it, it's going to take time. But when you just look at the raw talent there, I, I really do understand why if Kingsbury is coming in, he would want to take one, he want to take his own guy, and two, take this guy who can do anything that he would ask them. Because, you know, now you know, I talked earlier about Kingsbury. If you look at statistically at least, he's made the most of whatever talent he's given on offense. Now you have a guy who can do just about everything that you could ask a quarterback to do. So I, I get why they went in that direction. Uh, I don't really know what to make of Rosen. I mean, I think in any other situation, he's probably fine. But when you go from Arizona to Miami, like two, two years back to back, and we assume that if Miami goes 0-16 and have the number one pick, they're probably going to take two attack Leavoa from Alabama. Like, I really don't know how you come back from that, even if he might be a fine prospect. It might have to be in, like, a third team, which is kind of unheard of in the NFL. Like, they've got to get that many chances. So, like, it sucks for him, but I do think that Kyler is probably a better player, and I really do understand the process of moving on from him. Yeah, Rosen's had a tough go. I mean, he had an offensive coordinator that uh, last year that, um, couldn't figure out that maybe you should have your rookie uh, rookie quarterback throwing the ball to David Johnson. Like, <laughs> like come on, like, like come on, like like dump you, you got that guy. Uh, like dump it off to him, get him some confidence, get him some you know, get him get him some completions. Um, yeah, it was ridiculous what they did not do with David Johnson last year uh, in in Arizona. Um, yeah, I mean, no you, no, you make some great points there. Yeah, I saw one uh, one pass this year. Um, and I, geez, I forget what game it was, what team it was against, but he he stepped up in the pocket and like there was some pressure around him, and you know didn't didn't take off like you expect a, an athlete like that to do. Stepped up in the pocket uh, and delivered just a dime down the field on a post, and uh, whoever the receiver was dropped it. It didn't even count, but I remember watching them. <laughs> I, I took I took that pull, that uh, that playback like three or four times. And I was like, holy! Uh, I mean, he he, uh, he he's definitely got some talent, but. Um, yeah, I mean, interesting parallel. Like you mentioned with the, the Bengals, you know, it's it's hard to really see anything, know anything, uh, deal with anything when you don't have a you don't have an offensive line. Um, and whoever's seeing these teams that are picking uh, up high, a lot of the times they don't have a lot of things, you know. So they get in the quarterback, uh, mm-hmm. and then you know you got to go out and spend some money and figure out how to <laughs> uh, fill some of these other holes because um, you know. I mean that's that's a different debate because uh, yeah you know the quarterbacks the that's the crown jewel you got to get the quarterback when you get when you get the quarterback uh, but man you better hustle to get stuff around him before you get him hurt or or you got to pay him a a top contract and he and he's only halfway developed and now you can't put anything around him uh, yeah so um, but yeah definitely um, you know some interesting interesting stuff there and Kyler and his athletic ability and his arm uh, you know just just really makes it all the more interesting what they're doing in there. We have uh, a matchup with a couple of, I, I, I really think the youngest two coaches in the NFL, but I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Um, and, and a couple, couple of rookie, uh, you know, rookie head coaches coming in and um, you know, the first overall draft pick from last year and hopefully not, but maybe the first overall draft pick this year, <laughs> so, uh, the way things are going. So, uh, we'll, uh, you know, we'll see how it goes, but hey, I appreciate you, uh, you taking the time to, uh, to talk to me a little bit, uh, about the, um, the air raid and what to expect uh, of Kingsbury here, uh, you know, coming up this weekend. Uh, you have any, uh, anything going on you'd like to, uh, plug? Uh, no, not really. Just, you know, follow me on Twitter at four verts. And, you know, if you, if you are, uh, also weirdly a fan of, 
New York sports or, you know, want to keep tabs on what Daniel Jones is doing, I'll, I'll have you covered for uh, this season. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, uh, yeah, once again, uh, appreciate you having on. Uh, and, uh, you know, hopefully hopefully somebody can uh, can block on offense this week. Uh, this weekend, and we see some uh, some good offensive play from from both these teams coming together. Yep, definitely agree. All right, so another week, another opponent, another winless opponent. Um, although they do have one tie uh, in the Arizona Cardinals, uh, so the Cardinals have a rookie head coach as well, guy from an offensive background, Cliff Kingsbury, coming in from uh, Texas Tech after. A very, you know, ever so brief stop uh, at USC, uh, and uh, you know he comes in, and this is this is hey, let's let's put in this offense, let's put in the air raid, let's throw the ball around. Uh, so they are going to come out in a lot of empty. They're going to come out in some quads formations. They'll motion to quads. Uh, so these are things that get uh, put the defense really in a bind. You know, uh, you know it can be hard for them to line up to. And it's even harder when the team also has a mobile quarterback that you have to account for, in particular when you have backers that aren't fast. So uh, this is a problem. You know, this spells a definite uh, problem for the Bengals. Now, uh, against the Seahawks, uh, the Cardinals drove down the field. Uh, they didn't come out and empty. Uh, you know, they came out in a two-by-two formation. Uh, but they ran a quarterback draw on the uh, the nine yard line, you know, that got in with ease, you know, and that's going against the Seahawks. Uh, you know, got a good defense. I've got uh, perhaps the best middle linebacker uh, in the NFL, and Bobby Wagner, uh, and you know that guy's that guy's not figuring out how to uh, keep Kyler Murray for from uh, taking a draw uh, in for a nine yard touchdown. So not good. Uh, other things we had to had to worry about, you know. So they really run a lot of the same run game that you see with with many college programs. And I mean, honestly, this isn't a true air raid. They're doing some different things with three backs in the backfield again, putting the defense in a weird situation. Uh, they are uh, you know doing some bunch stuff, which we'll see in a, in a minute here. Uh, but um, you know, jet sweeps are, are going to be something that they're, they're going to come across too. Uh, and as we know, the Bengals have had problems with their edge. I've been talking about it all year. Uh, they don't line up very well. And to make matters worse, they don't have enough speed at linebacker uh, to to be able to get guys uh, to those edge. So jet motion, uh, jet sweep is going to be a problem as well. Uh, but they also do some kind of different stuff. So uh, actually one play earlier in that game against the Seahawks, uh, they're in the red zone. They came out under center, um, you know, in a pretty tight formation with a bunch to the left-hand side. Uh, and they sent the widest receiver, uh, Andy Isabella, in jet motion. And Kyler fakes the handoff to him. Then the tightest wide receiver, uh, Christian Kirk, all right, the tightest wide receiver in the in the bunch, on the snap he ran in that direction too, and he ran underneath uh, Kyler Murray, and he actually took the handoff, so it went for about six yards. Um, essentially, you know, th- there's a bit of uh, misdirection involved here because Kyler's going the other direction, the running back. Uh, David Johnson's going the other direction. So the linebackers may be kind of biting on that. But essentially it's the same sort of thing that we saw from Pittsburgh when they motioned one guy, um, faked the jet sweep, but then kind of pitched it to the guy underneath. And it gave gave that guy a cutback. So um, it, it puts them in a tough situation where if you start over-pursuing, look, the Bengals had a big issue uh, against the 49ers with their backside gap. Uh, you know, it's going to be their backside cutback and really get into the edge, but get to the edge on the backside. Uh, and we saw how the 49ers use that that kind of swipe play with the guy uh, coming across, but then uh, with the with the wing back uh, coming across in the backfield, but then they they log it around uh, the defensive end and take it wide to the outside. That's what uh, what I'm afraid of here. Uh, this is basically a derivative of uh, the salad reverse play, which is uh, common. Uh, those of you former 
uh, triple option coaches or triple option you know, players from high school, you know, the salary reverse is, is, is something that, that they'll do for teams that are over pursuing. And that's really what this is. Uh, it's a, it's an updated uh, version of that. So uh, this is something, you know, not, not a huge part of their offense, but that would, that would be something that I run against the Bengals, especially if we already, uh, you know, had it in the playbook. Uh, so definitely something to watch out for. Uh, this week against the Cardinals. As I said before, uh, we'll see some of the the college-style run game, uh, the zone read, and the zone read is it's just deadly when you got an athlete like uh, Kyler Murray in there. Um, you know, and especially given the athletes that we're, we're matching up with, uh, it's probably in the Bengals' best interest to have their defensive ends rush up the field and play on that quarterback and really force him to give it the vast majority of the time because uh, – they don't want their athletes trying to make plays out in space. Uh, you know, they ran uh, a zone read about midway through the, the um, first quarter against the Carolina Panthers. Uh, and, you know, the they had a defensive back on the backside actually responsible for Murray. But Murray, you know, really it was, it was uh, Bradbury, we all, we all know. Uh, but, um, you know, that guy, uh, Murray, man, he, he, he made him look foolish uh, because he's – He's faster than you think he is. Like you can, you can tell that. You can tell that players come in, they take an angle that normally works, and then it's like, woo, he's gone. Uh, so he's he's a smooth operator, and he's going to be able to get to the edge on stuff uh, and put you in a bad situation. Uh, so keep the ball out of his hands. Let them give the ball. Uh, and then the other direction that they'll go with that. Uh, so when. Uh, Beyond the zone read, you know, there's the zone triple. And it's really, it's just like triple option. Um, you know, they, they they can bubble it. They can motion a guy in and do like a swing. They could have two backs in the backfield and do it. Uh, you know, it's just creating a pitch man uh, who's often, you know, it's often going to be a throw, though, uh, for them to work off of. Uh, so also, you know, the second quarter against the Panthers, they ran a play like that. Uh, they had a two-by-two formation. It was tight pretty tight on the left-hand uh, side, uh, but the, those receivers were split out to the right, uh, and the back uh, was beside Murray uh, on, on his right in the backfield. And the, uh, you know, the defensive end, you know, he, he stepped down. Murray pulls the ball, all right? And then out on the edge, there's, there's two receivers, as we, as we discussed, all right? There's two receivers out there. Uh, Christian Kirk it was uh, the guy who was in the slot. Uh, and then they had Michael Crabtree is no longer with them, but Michael Crabtree was out on the edge. Uh, so Michael Crabtree ran, uh, ran the now. All right. Basically, he, he took a step back and waited for the ball to come to him. All right. So not a bubble or anything, uh, but it's the same. It's the same philosophy here. And there were two defenders out there. So there's uh, there's an invert player over the over the slot, uh, you know, pretty far up there, but just inside of the slot. Uh, and then there's the the corner out there lined up on the widest receiver. So uh, the slot uh, Kirk works out and goes uh, up to the corner. All right. Looks to get the block in the corner. That invert player. He stepped forward. All right. He's playing Murray. And as soon as Murray sees that, he whips the ball out there and really kind of ridiculous off platform throw for Murray to whip that ball out there. But, um, you know, this is just the sort of thing he can do. And Crabtree is not the ideal guy for this. Christian Kirk definitely isn't the ideal guy to be blocking on out there for that. Uh, So it doesn't really amount to much for them. But. but it's something that the Bengals should definitely be aware of. So uh, despite the the name of the offense being air raid uh, and what kind of the expectations there are, uh, it's really the run game is potentially going to be a big issue for the Bengals. Um, you know, they I didn't even mention Larry Fitzgerald, but obviously they've, they've got Larry Fitzgerald, uh, you know, so they'll, they'll get the ball to him in the pass game. And he is, he is still grinding away, uh, you know, still one of the, one of the best in the league. Um, but they 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 got to be thinking about this run game too because the run game has has been their problem so far. Uh, and if Kingsbury is smart, he'll realize that and he'll go to that uh, in order to get his first win. So uh, just like l- last week, somebody's got to win this game. Um, you know, so hopefully it's the Bengals. Hopefully they can figure it out. Uh, the Cardinals defense I didn't talk about not very good, uh, but the Bengals offense we did talk about not very good.
you know, uh, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to stop right there before I go off on another tangent about that. But, um, so somebody has got to win this week. So definitely, uh, room for improvement. The Bengals need to do a lot, uh, hopefully a better outcome uh, against another winless opponent and rookie head coach with the Cardinals. Uh, I will be back next week and every, uh, every week, uh, just in time for your Friday commute, you know, Thursday night, Friday morning, uh, we will have the podcast so you can, you can download and listen. Uh, if you do listen, uh, we throw in some interviews there as well. So a little bit of extra, uh, bonus content for you there. Uh, and you know, if you're watching on YouTube, on Facebook, uh, then you get the full extent of the video and you get to see things through your, through yourself and, uh, not just, uh, through my velvety, uh, speech and description uh, of the play that's going on. That was weird. That's okay. Uh, so once again, we'll see you next week. Thank you very much for listening and go Bengals. You hear the crowd coming forward with sours. Yeah, we're coming forward with sours. Yeah, we're coming forward with sours. Yeah, we're coming forward with sours. You hear the crowd coming forward with sours. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.